to the Hermit Style Podcast with your hosts, Jimmy Bacon and Mike Runciuti, talking all about the Dragon Ball Super Card Game, presented by Team TCG Mafia and produced by Lobat. Yo, yo, yo! What is up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast, we are back. It is Wednesday, February 24th. Mike is here with me. What's up? Uh, We have another great episode, I think. I think I say this literally every episode, but I'm going to say this one's the best one yet. You got to have confidence, right? Yeah, exactly. So this one's the best one. If you're listening, congratulations. You're listening to the best episode that we've made. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, man. What's up with you, Mike? Uh, nothing much, man. Last night I was playing some World of Warcraft real late because my son wouldn't go to sleep. MJ was up till one thirty a.m. I was still working in his crib by himself watching Lion Guard. Mm. That shit was insane. I said, bro, there is no way you are 14 months old and you think that, uh, it's okay to be up at one thirty watching the Lion Guard. He eventually got the memo that I wasn't going to go get him. So he'd sleep in the bed with me and he <laughs> fell asleep. But one thirty, we put him down for bed at nine. Oh my God. That's dedication, bro. You've been yeah, up for four is. and a half hours watching TV. Said, I will fight this. <laughs> yeah. So night was long. And then, uh, I don't know what I did. I guess that from you, dog. <laughs> yeah. I messed the my stubbornness. Sh- I messed my shoulder up so bad the other day. Like it hurts, but I, I'll power through it though. What's new with you? Uh, the most exciting thing going on in my life right now is we start at WandaVision. Oh, you like it? Uh, the first two episodes, real weird. I don't very like, slow, right? Very slow. I was like, "What is? Ha- why is everything black and white?" Um, the concept is they're taking popular TV shows. Hold on, something's wrong with your mic. Hold yeah. on, we got to fix this, guys. Mike's mic is uh getting pulled down. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. All right, now it should be good. You're right. good now. Uh, yeah, it's taking popular TV shows from each decade, and like they're like copying it, like they're like doing like their own version of it on the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you not being a TV watcher, you probably can't identify the TV shows. No, I can. Oh, I can. Okay. I, I actually, uh, I love old sitcoms. Really? So I knew all of them. I okay. was like, okay, this is cool. The the latest episode? Yeah, obviously you're not there, but. No, uh, I'm not. I, I watched, uh, I think we're at, I just think, I think we finished episode four. Okay. I don't, I'm not I don't want to get spoilers. I don't spoil nothing. Either, this yeah. is no spoil. But uh, the, everyone's confused on what this episode is. It's modern family. Like everyone thinks it's like. Something else. I'm like, no, it's a Modern Family episode. Uh, mm, okay. The way that they handle everything. See that I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's the show Modern Family. I saw Full House though. I've seen, pe- yeah, they did have Full House. I say, I see, I've seen people go as far as say it was supposed to be like uh, the Real World uh, or like other reality TV shows. I'm like, yeah. no, this is definitely just Modern Family because the Modern Family they pull the person aside and they like talk. And like sometimes a person like says something to them every once in a while. Mm. It's it's that interaction. Okay. So okay, but yeah, it's cool. I mean. And for me to say a show is cool, though, that's a lot. I personally, I applaud Disney for doing the show because it's different than the first MCU stuff because it's very different for them. But I don't think it's as good as everybody acts like it is online. Everybody says this is the greatest shit ever. And I'm like, Uh, I don't think that it's very slow. We begin small bits at a time. And every time something good starts to happen, the episode ends. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's just like, what? Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I'm watching it. I rate it like a seven out of ten on TV shows. I watch a lot of TV. This is nothing like on Blacklist or any of the Chicago oh, no, or like, you know Chicago PD. It's done well, enough though. I think it's just different enough. It's caught my attention. Yeah, it's very. It's different. caught my attention. I would never want a season two of this. Like I just <laughs> want to see the story, and that'd be the end of it. <laughs> All right, let's let's get let's get into Dragon Ball news here. 
news from the lookout. All right, number one most important news: we have a new sponsor. New sponsor. Yes, we do. And uh, we, we got to give a little backstory here because everyone's going to be confused. <laughs> you may have seen the channel in the Discord. Uh, I made it the other night, and we're going to drop some more info in the Discord today and tomorrow. But we have a new sponsor. It is DBS Deck Planet. And I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, hold on, hold on. Apex Decks is the way, bro. Hear me out, right? So Apex Decks has switched his uh, focus. He switched his focus. He's now pretty much focusing entirely on the untapped client basically that he's making. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. So he's really going deep with that and he isn't putting as much time into the deck building site. The Apex X still great, but he's not putting as much time into it. He's really focusing in on that untapped and DBS deck planet. It's the wave. I, is- I have not touched it yet. I was sent the link to it by uh, John Anthony LaMontra. And he's like, you got to check this out. And I was like, I will. It's and crazy. I, and I haven't gotten it's to it. It's actually insane. Like, if you thought Apex Dex was sweet, you're in for a very, very pleasant surprise. I think it's really cool that these people just keep coming up with these websites to help me with my deck building. So, like, yeah, that's cool. And that's the main thing I wanted to say is we want to make sure that you guys have the best tools that are out there. And DBS Deck Planet is 100% the best tool um, for deck building. So if you haven't gotten on there, you can go on and make an account. And there are a ton of amazing features that I haven't seen anywhere else before. I'm going to go ahead. He actually sent me some details on it. So I'm just going to share with everyone about the site. Uh, so Deck Planet is the latest deck building web app dedicated to the Dragon Ball Super Card game. It was built from the ground up for players, collectors, and the entire Dragon Ball community. Uh, it features intuitive ways to build your decks by providing all the information that you need. That includes, uh, it has interactive widgets that are actually customizable on the dashboard screen that give you important info at a glance. Uh, it ha- You can instantly see if a card is banned, limited, or eroded. It just pops up with that. And you can see the card errata text in a before and after type view right there. Oh, that's going to make me mad, bro. <laughs> uh, you get to categorize your deck as casual, competitive, fun, or janky. <laughs> Yo, janky category? <laughs> I do like that. Uh, you can actually provide a description and a how-to-play guide on your deck when you post it. Oh, <laughs> This man's uh, going deep. Yeah, it's great. And he's just, he lets these features, they keep rolling. Uh, he's got a make your deck private when you don't want the competition to see your strats. Uh, you can export your main and side deck into untap, which I know that's something that's real big for some, not for us as much, but for some yeah. very big. Uh, you can search cards by all kinds of filters like card type skills. Uh, you can search skillless, which that's huge. That is actually I've always huge. wanted that. There's I've no, always there's been that. no way to search skillless. There's been no though. way to search skillless. So he does the skillless search. You can do card text, error character, etc. Um, and then it keeps going. Don't worry. Keeps we got more guys. <laughs> uh collectors too can make great use of the my collections feature on Deck Planet by importing cards they already own from current official Bandai products and their own decks, export their collection to spreadsheet and more to come. I'm actually super pumped on this. I want to see how deep this goes because my end goal is to one, have a master set of Dragon Ball and then two, one of every art. The only thing I'm uh, excluding from that is the gold stamped lettering, like origins championship. I don't care about that. I actually think those cards are useless. Uh, People really hype those up. I'm like, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> no, it, do, it, does, it doesn't. It looks stupid, honestly, yeah, I think. I don't like the way it looks. The card's already foiled, and you just put this tacky gold stamping yeah, on it. I th- it. That is a perfect word. It is tacky. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, there's also a dedicated ban list page on DBS Deck Planet that provides you with instant view of all cards that have been banned, limited, or have an errata, which is quick and easy. Uh, the community page also features the latest content from official Deck Planet partners. Hello. And other important channels. Uh, and if you're not sure what a certain skill does, the new Skill Seeker tool Check this out. New skill seeker tool lets you type in a skill name and instantly provides you with the official rulings and skill explanation. Oh, baby. That's people, amazing. You don't need that for that. Uh, Uggis. Era. <laughs> it's not Aegis. Uggis. It's, it's not Uggis. It's Aegis. 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 Got the Uggs. We got the Uggs. <laughs> uh, but it's great for when you're in a match and need to look something up. You can get quick rulings. And if you have questions about something, there's a message board, which is a great place to post anything related to the game. Uh, Deck Planet will continue to update its features and all ideas are welcome. He's actually very responsive to the community. He posts on Reddit a lot. And uh, that's actually how I found out about him is through Reddit. And he regularly posts on there and takes feedback that people say just kind of like how Apex does. So I love that. I think it's going to be a great tool for you all to use. And um, yeah, we just hope that you enjoy building decks on www.dbs-deckplanet.com. You know what's crazy about all this? Uh, where they got the time, bro? I feel like we're living in different realities than other people. I know, right? Like I'm I, sitting here, I can barely post a damn YouTube video for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, these people out here are up on top of everything. So I really appreciate their dedication because much respect. Time is uh, limited. You got 24 hours a day. You need to sleep about eight of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could sleep eight of them. I don't sleep eight of them anymore either, but. You know, time just limited. So, I mean, that's cool, though, that they find the time to do that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, check out the EBS Deck Planets. But that leads us into the second biggest piece of news. We've got the Hermit Style Tournament. Yeah, you guys have been asking. We know, I know we brung it up, and uh, things got a little hectic. Jim's work schedule's crazy. Uh, my life is just custody stuff, you know, one-year-old. There's just a lot going on. But we finally figured out. We, we mapped, it, like, ma ma mapped out the details. So go ahead, Jim. Tell them what's up. Okay. Uh, all right, so Hermit Style Tournament is going to be our first one. Uh, it will be held on April 10th. Now, with this caveat, there is a regional season coming up that starts end of March, and they have not announced all of the dates. Yeah, we okay. just have we just have four dates right now. So and there's going to be two more at least, potentially four more. Yep. So there is a chance that April 10th will end up needing to be moved because we won't do this on the same date as a regional. Yeah, that's pointless. There's no, no no reason for that. We want you all to play in the regionals. Yeah, and I want to play in the regionals. And I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so. So there you go. So it, it, it it's subject to be moved. We have to see what Bandai says and what these places say about when these regional tournaments are. But we're looking for April 10th to be the date. We're just waiting to see if uh, Carta Magica or Tat Gaming do a regional yep. that day. Yep. So if they don't do a regional that day, we're good. If yep. they do, we might just push it to the 11th then. Yeah, that's that's a good idea too, actually. Yeah, so it's really it just depends on what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're we're looking to definitely make it that weekend. Um, so as of now, it's the tenth, and here's here's some more details on it for you. It'll start at twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will need your deck list submitted by eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. uh, you will submit your deck list through you guessed it, DBS Deck Planets. Yep. <laughs> um, so you can send the link in. We'll have more information on our Discord. Uh, as far as registration and all that will come up sometime next week. Uh, but it is a best of three 60 minute rounds with 10 minute overtime or turns zero through three, whatever comes first. Normal things. We're all used to this. Yep. 
Uh, rounds will be based off participants, a minimum of three rounds, maximum of six rounds. Yep. Let's say we had to cap it at six because uh, we are going to do top eight if we had to go six rounds. So that'd be top eight, top four. It'd be nine rounds. You know, if that's you played all day. out, that's a long, that's, <laughs> that's a long, long ass day. day. Yeah. So, you know, just to keep, just to be reason, be conscientious of everybody else's time, be reasonable. We capped it at six. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. And so top four, well, top four will play out if we only get 16 or less, yep. but as long as we get past 16, top eight, we'll get to play. But yep. no matter what we won't, we're not going more than top eight. Yeah. Just top eight. Uh, but check out the prizing prizing. Any fans of the podcast, you are going to be stoked on this prizing. Uh, first place, you get a hermit style playmat. You get a custom metal leader designed by Spiral Maui Graphics. Mm-hmm. Chris Anderson doing great work over there. You guys may have seen the clown and clout tokens recently. Mm-hmm. They're very nice looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I got to talk with him more on the details of what leader it will be. We, we haven't officially decided yet but it will be a custom metal leader and you will get a guest bot on the podcast for an entire episode. Absolutely. So that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm really stoked on that prizing alone. Uh, but also it's a $10 entry fee. First place will get 40% of the pot. Second place will get 30% and third through fourth place. will get 10%. Yep. Um, all of the money we will do through PayPal. It will be friends and family only. Yeah, We're not no, doing goods and services. services. I, say, I will send you your money back. Yeah, I say there's no. If you reason. don't trust us to do it, then don't play. Yeah, don't play. I say like, but if just it's easy if you just do it, friends and family. Um, yeah, we, and also me and Jim will not be playing. We will be uh, judging, so like making sure everything goes smooth. And this is mainly for fun. Yeah. So if if we want to do these regularly and we get a ton of people, then if you do good as hers, you got to worry about taxes and all. Like yeah, it, it's it's a whole. It is thing. a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. So, so friends and family, keep it simple. The money just gets passed around and yep. it's all good. Uh, so 40% of the pot goes to first place. 30% goes to second. 10% goes to third and fourth. 10% goes to the podcast so we can keep improving and yep. uh, make the pod better for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, this will all be done over webcam. There will be no untap, no octagon, no anything else. All and webcam. Oh, also try to have those camera angles decent. Uh, yeah, not try. You will have yeah, to have them decent. Yeah, yeah. I say like <laughs> if you need help figuring out like if your camera angle is okay or how to fix it, uh, just hit one of us up in the Discord. We will help you get your camera angle correct. Yep. Uh, your opponent needs to be able to see your play mat. They don't. There was a guy in a webcam tournament recently playing on the floor. His opponent couldn't see any of his cards. They're not have have none of that. No one's saying you have to have a 1080 camera. You know, I understand you might not have a 1080 camera, you might have the 720 or whatever, but your opponent should be able to see your play area. Yeah. Like they don't have to be able to know what the card is. Right. Cause like, I understand sometimes like foils blinding and stuff like that. Sure. But they need to be able to see everything. No, no funny business. Absolutely. And they should see your hands. Yes. Hands always on the camera. Hands always on camera. Uh, no, none of that sneaky stuff where you put the hands off the camera, but, you know, <laughs> Uh, pick up your graveyard or your, I mean, your drop off camera yeah. somehow have a fruit in your hand and a fifth super combo, you know? And at this point it's not even being uptight. It's just proper etiquette at yeah. this point. It's Is proper it, etiquette and respect for your opponent. Don't want to have anybody have a bad play experience because you, someone did something sketchy. Now I won't use the word cheating. I just use the word sketchy because maybe it just doesn't look right, but you're not doing anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Yeah. And then let's see. I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, battle evolutions will be legal. Yeah, yeah. say so well, it'll come, have already been out for over a week. Yeah, it'll be out be for legal. two weeks actually because yeah. it's coming out twenty seventh. So, yeah. so that will definitely be legal. So yeah, 
there it is, guys. You've been asking. Uh, we apologize. There's a little delay, but you know, there's, there's it takes a lot of planning to yeah. get these things done. It takes more planning than you expect. And, uh, we only have, but so much time as we've already talked about this episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys like it. If you have ideas, things that you would like us to do differently in the tournament, Feel free to let us know. Mm -hmm. um, we Always keep... open for suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We want to make these a regular thing. I doubt we'll do them every month because it's honestly just too Time. much, too much of a commitment for us at this point, but we will plan on doing them regularly, at least a few times a year. Yeah. I say, unless I can get someone to run it for me. Then yeah. I... Yeah. If someone wants to run it. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe somebody we'll, will step we'll up. We'll have to think. Um, it'll depend. <laughs> get, get, get Trevor to do it for us. You know what That's I'm saying? True. Yeah. Broken honor. Yeah. Get him on here. Have him stream it. Yeah. Actually, hold on. That's a good idea. Anyways, um, uh, next thing, uh, the online champion cup. Oh, uh, God. That's a mess. That's yeah. not fair. Uh, but the pricing sucks. So, uh, who cares? It's just two TPs of Unison Warrior 1 and 2. Hey, but you can't play in it. But no one can play in it. Like, so, they did it. The champion cup, they're doing, it is an ex exhibition event, they're calling it. And it's only champions from the premier webcam finals events. And the uh, December tournament. Yeah. So, so there's two Americans, two Europeans, two South Americans, two Australians, two, pretty much two of everybody from all across the country. I mean, right. the kind of globe. Um, I, I definitely thought this tournament, by the way, it read originally, everybody would be involved, but it's not. So I know it's annoying that we have two exclusive tournaments coming up. Yeah. This We've is, got the battle hour and now this, this exclusive, exclusive exclusivity is not good for the game. I wish Bandai would stop doing people it. People don't care enough. Yeah, people just don't care enough people to watch. People do not care enough to watch. Like, it's, they're acting like this is the major leagues. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like they got, like, the best of the best. And realistically, one, no one cares. And the best of the best aren't even all playing in these it's, tournaments. It's none of the best of the best, yeah. to be honest with you. It's, except the battle hours, those are the national champions from last year. And right. Eggman. Right. But this one is just people who won online webcam tournaments that were best of one. Right. And that is somehow this tournament's best of three, though. These people want a best of one tournament, but now they're going about to go play in a best of three tournament. I'm like, what are you doing here, Bandai? But, uh, you know, I mean, it's I guess it's cool in the sense that if you like to watch, it's going to be there. I am just happy that the prizing isn't insane. Yeah, the prizing's trash. The I mean, prizing's awful. The only thing I, I hate about it that, you know, I can't play is because there's a plaque. And, man, do yeah, I like plaques. There's a, there's a cool plaque. But other than that, it's, it's whatever. It's like this one right there. Yeah, you get more at locals, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like you go play at your locals, you're like, oh, yeah, I want. Local prizing is better than this. So is you're really not missing anything. This is more like, I guess you would say, for the clout of saying you played in it. So yeah. congratulations to the guys who qualified. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. Uh, and then All the right. next thing. Um, we got Battle Evolution reveals. So yeah. they're still going through them. We're almost done. So probably next week we'll go through and discuss the actual set once we know all the cards yeah. next week or the week after. I'd right, say that juicy field spell that we're all waiting to see unveiled. Yep. It's looking like the SCR is a field. So, and then last thing, Bandai TCG Connect. Uh, uh, they announced this. It is a basically Discord. Yeah. It's basically a Discord. So, but they do need it though. Um, I'm going to say why they do need it is because it's almost impossible to IP ban somebody on Discord. Like you have to actually go through a whole lot of uh, phone calls and stuff like that. So, in the instance with Alfredo, who signed up as Alfredo, whatever his name was, got, got banned, started playing as Robert Fernandez, won two tournaments under that title. Right. Right. Being the same person who's banned, there's nothing that George could do about that. Like honestly, he no. There's there's no way to know. There's no way to know, but as long because he can't see his IP address. But now with Bandai having the website, 
you'll be able to see the IP. So if they had right. to ban somebody, they're banned. There's yeah. no way you're getting on. Yeah. So basically it's just a way to find opponents to play over webcam. It's like a client where you find an opponent, mm -hmm. which is also cool. You know, like when we do that in our discord, we have a bunch of people who just play games and stuff with right. each other. Right. And this will be a, another cool out, outlet right yeah, now. Absolutely. It's just more people to play with. And Personally, I think you should all just join the Hermistyle Discord. Yeah, our, dis our Discord's better, clearly. But uh, <laughs> Discord's probably a better program a better program than what they're going to have, to right. be honest. But, but it is cool for people who don't know about us yep. yet. <laughs> but one day, you'll be in the Discord. One day, they'll know the, the better way to go about it. Um, all right, any news we missed? Uh, regionals, March 27th, PPG. Sign-ups aren't up yet, but... Be prepared be up, to sign up. Be on up. the lookout because that up. will sell out fast. Yeah, I say. Be, and also, if you see it before I see it, please let me yeah, know. Yeah, whoever sees it, drop us. it in the Discord. Yes, drop it in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, if there's just ever, I don't let anyone use the at everyone tag. Shit, you can use that everyone yeah. tag. I don't care. Let yeah. everybody know. Yeah. Our Discord should, everyone on Discord should know first and be in there first. Yep. Also, if you're not in Discord, no, just tag me. Yeah. <laughs> just tag me. I Message need, me, email me. Phone call me, text, carrier. Yeah, whatever it may be. I need to, I need to get in there because I'm pretty sure it's going to be limited to 128. Yeah. Even though I know PPG can hold more than 128 because they did that Digimon tournament that had 200 people in it for mm. when it was the the three okay. the was a case tournament or whatever. They mm. had a very large Digimon tournament, so they have the server space for it. Right. On their Discord, they've paid the money. Mm. I need to be in there. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the main topic. Turtle School Weekly Focus. All right, so we have had a lot of requests uh, to do an episode about deck building. Yeah, I say uh, I love building decks, so I could talk about this all day, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, I just built a sweet deck last night, actually. I, we're gonna he did, he did. We're going to build it after this podcast is over, because I need those cards to play it on Saturday. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people just asking, uh, for, especially for newer players that are getting into the game, they're getting their feet wet and they're tired of net decking, but they don't really know how to build a deck that can keep up. So before we get into it, I just want to, I do want to say two things. One, if you're a brand new player and you want to build a deck, understand it will not be good. Oh yeah. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. If you just want to do it for fun or just to help yourself learn, do it, you know, do it, do whatever you want. But Understand that if you are brand new, the best thing you can do is have someone help you or net deck if you want to play a deck that actually is like a real deck. Yeah, because in this game, uh, deck building is huge, but not only is deck building, skill level is huge. You right. Can, so like in a lot of other card games, skill level isn't actually as impactful as mm -hmm. like deck building. Po like Pokemon's a perfect example. Exactly. You have a well-built Pokemon deck. It doesn't matter how good you really are. It's just going to, you're going to attack, you're going to play your cards, you're going to win. You know what I mean? In this game, there's a lot of micro decisions that are made every single turn, both players. Every turns. action. Every every action. There's like it actually matters what I charge, what I combo away, what I allow on damage. You know, all that stuff matters. So being a new player, you'll lose games even with the the best deck that right. you should not lose because you just don't understand. On hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, don't take it as oh, I'm I build these decks and I'm not doing well. It could be. You just don't understand the game played like at that level yet. You're just learning, but it's always good to like get your feet wet with deck building because once you do understand how the game is played, then you can start building really out there decks. Like you start seeing stuff like Joey Paladino playing skill is Gohan blue yellow. Yep. That was somebody who knows how to build decks and play the game. It's like nobody's ever seen this deck before. And I'm a hundred percent sure this is not a real deck in the format where it's like, Oh, this is about to be changing the meta. No, 
but he's just very good and knew how to build a deck and built it. Yep. So absolutely. So yeah, I just, I wanted to make sure that's clear because I think it can be more detrimental for a new player to come in and listen to deck building tips and be like, okay, I'm going to try and build this deck, but have no real idea how to play the game yet. Yeah. Cause it's not, because then it's going to feel, I mean, it's going to, it's going to feel shitty. Yeah. It's going to feel bad. It's going to, it's going to feel it's bad. It's going to be discouraging feeling. And you're going to put all this time into it. And I can tell you upfront, it's wasted time. Yeah. It's wasted time. Your, your time is better spent just learning, learn mm-hmm. how to play the game, practice, and just talk to people who are good at the game and play with them. Have them walk you through different lines, play with an open hand. Yep. Open hand playing against somebody who knows how to play the game is a big deal at learning because they can explain to you the exchange of resources and how it's going to work versus you just assuming. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that out there because that's something that is just, it's just important. It's important to know. Um, all right. So let's start. At, when you start deck building, Mike, what what are you like? How do you approach just like that? going into it what like is there right. are the random ideas are there certain colors you want to play like what kind of leads into your started deck building um normally it is i look at the format actually what the best decks are and i say what can beat these decks like what are what are my angles at beating this deck and i start looking at cards in all different colors to try to figure it out every once in a while i'll choose a color just so i won't play this color but really i don't do that too often simply because sometimes colors are just bad <laughs> like it's just like Right now, for example, uh, blue, regular blue decks are not very good. Like, it's just, they're not very good. Like, your Fujito, Soul Strike, any of them, none of them are good. So, like, you be like, I want to play a blue deck. It's just wrong because they're just not good right now. But, like, the deck I built last night was a yellow pan deck. And I was like, this shit's sweet because it just wins really fast. I was like, if I can win the game on turn two, turn three at the worst, how can the meta decks keep up with that? They can't. So this is a good idea. Now I need to go ahead and explore my options for how I'm going to win the game. So I want to identify what I'm trying to do against the meta decks before well, that's, that's step one for me. Yeah. I like that. Cause I like to, I don't deck build as much, nearly as much as Mike. I deck build a little bit. Like I built it, like I built U7 Gohan, yeah. I built Oob, but I don't, he, Mike does much, much, much more deck. Yeah, building. I love building decks. I'm like, I'm, I almost say I'm the king of playing row. Cause that's like a broad title, you know, or a very, I guess, <laughs> very confident very arrogant to say but i love playing rogue decks he does. like i'll play and decks. you do do very well with them yeah i, I say I, I actually have majority of my tops playing rogue decks yep. not playing uh the meta decks yeah so i say i think i know what i'm doing i won't say i know i think i know what i'm doing when it comes to this because obviously there are people who do it better than i do yeah but. sure um but I would say I think I also just pay attention, kind of like what you said. I pay attention to what style of deck yeah. has an opportunity. So, like, for example, when I built Oob the first time, mm-hmm. part of what went through my head was, okay, I saw people playing the Oob with, like, the Videl, Hercule, Pan combo. I was like, okay, that's cool. Even before the combo, people were just playing Hercule and Pan mm-hmm. and Oob. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. this is so bad. You're playing a mid-range strategy that's vulnerable Seven energy investment. That's worse than most other mid-range decks. Um, so I was like, that can't be it. <laughs> this can't be it. Um, but I used that as influence and I said, okay, why is this deck even get taking anyone's? Because there were people playing it that were like, someone topped Atlantic City with it. They did. And it was terrible. I, be- I believe that was my teammate Miguel. No, actually. it wasn't. It wasn't him? You always think that, but it's not. I promise. I actually asked Miguel. I said, was this you? He said, no. Okay. <laughs> um, Bro, who was that then? I don't know. They look similar. I don't know. They do look similar. That's why I had to ask him. And he's like, no, that was not me. All right. I tried to give Miguel false credit. Yeah. 
Well, it's okay. Cause I was going to discredit it by saying his deck sucked. <laughs> 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 um, I don't think it was very good. And, but I use that as inspiration. Said, okay, well, why is this deck doing good at all? And it, there's two reasons. One, the Oob leader itself, the removal mm-hmm. built in by taking a life to one, increase your aggressiveness and then two, clear an annoying blocker or clear a problem card was insane. Yeah, it was. That was it's still, I mean, sh- I'll, honestly, I think I could take my old Oob list. As long as I see heroic prospects, I might beat Red Broly, bro. (laughs) It's definitely possible. Red Broly does not like to be attacked, actually. And I can just interrupt that chain so easy and keep the absolute release ball. Yeah, you're not wrong, actually. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I thought about this a lot. If Red Broly was everywhere, I I legitimately thought about just making you my deck. Mm -hmm. But And then the other thing was I thought about, okay, there also isn't much I can keep up with a heavy aggro deck. So I was like, can I make Oob into an aggressive deck? At the time, Unyielding Trunks was not banned. Oh, yeah. And Sensu Bean is obviously around. So I was like, so I have five untaps, a leader that can clear up to three battle cards in a row, gain 15K, and I have an FDC that's searchable. Yeah. So I just play four FDCs, untap everything, play Zeno button, play four super combos, four of the one tap, tap one, draw okay. one super combo. Mm-hmm. So everything's huge. And then I just play Scientist Foo. So yeah. everything has double strike. Everything draws a card. But this is looking pretty good. Yeah. And I... I didn't do as well as I would have liked, like in major competitive events, but I, I had a pretty good track record with Oob. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's more looking at what opportunities do I have? Cause the only floodgate was Nimbus. I said, okay, you negate my first battle card swing. I still have two more double strike swings coming at you. You do. That King Piccolo card was real cool. Mm-hmm. Or, or is it King Piccolo? It's King Piccolo. Yeah. yeah. King Piccolo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that thought process. And then for me, I think about what is my, I, you have to know how you're winning. Yeah, you got to identify your win con. So, like, uh, recently I played Jiren. I just love the leader a lot. And there's several ways you could play the deck. I had to figure out what card I could play to win the game. Like, uh, that's that's step number two every time, actually. How do I win a game? Yeah. Because if you do, if you can build a deck, right? Like I, can, I can put a bunch of cards together and say, okay, let me play this. If there's no way of winning the game, this deck is probably not going to win the majority of his games. There's like, if it's just spinning wheels, I call it spinning wheels. You're just doing a whole bunch of things that do nothing. That's not good. That's like, that's why she, that was our issue with Mecca. Yes. That's, that's how I feel about Mecca still to this day. Cause if it doesn't have sell Zeno, I just don't know how it wins. Like it's a real weird feeling. Like and obviously the other way of winning is FDC on your Kai. If you're playing the Kai version or like final flashing up your leader card and FDC, it always boils down to FDC or sell Zeno. That's, that's what the deck is. Right. Right. And I just don't, I, you know, that's, that's still spinning wheels to a degree. Cause if you just don't, if Selzino knows that last card in life, you're in trouble or if it's the bottom card of the deck, I either agree. one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Shinjita was a powerful deck, like Shinron itself, right? Like if we go back to set five with Shinron comes up, Shinron, uh, with the cards that he was meant to be played with did nothing. Yeah. Like it terrible, you know, his structure that all the cards were bad, but he can it. make anything a win con, but he can make anything a win con. So they, they, that structure deck had very bad cards in it that, when you put his effect on it to give it triple attack and 10,000 became threatening, but they still weren't good enough. But in set five, Gogeta came out, Gogeta seven. And people were like, realize, Oh, let's put these two together. Oh, this is, this is how I win the game. These two cards together right here. So like Shinron, the Shinron deck itself, not very good. It needed to find a way to win the game. They got Gogeta and that's when it became the Shinjita deck. And then we got what we call Rampron when people started playing all the ramp cards and playing Kaoken, Gogeta, and Victory Strike in their deck. It's just like, all right, this deck just has everything, right? It has every bomb in the in the game. Right. And they're all going to have triple attack at this point. So you have to be able to identify. 
And like for that's like combo deck stuff, right? Now you look at your aggro decks. Obviously, they don't have bombs in their deck. They're aggro decks, but you need to identify how you're going to get your free play cards on the board. Yeah, you have, you have to know your output. Mm-hmm. Is that like are you a are you a two to three damage every turn? Are you are you do you have a turn where you have like nine ten attacks? Like what do you have, right? So and we look at the new Janimba package that just came out. We know for a fact that that Janimba package itself equals one, two, three, four, five, six. One Janimba. One ball is six attacks off just that's it itself. If you open a, another ball, another gym, that's 12. They're not including your leader. So 13, unison, 14, you know, and you still, and your untapped energy. So you still have more, so you have more, excuse me, you have more gas in your hand to play. So, you know, two balls, two Janimbas, leader, unison, that's 14 attacks. So you just have to be able to identify the output of damage and then the control decks, uh, which we are tempo based decks. We're really just a blue tempo based decks, like blue, like Soul Striker. That deck wins the game through Golden Avenger by baiting your opponent, pretty much. Like you, have, you literally use your unison effect. You, you're like, okay, I need to bait my opponent, and that's not that great of a strategy, actually. Which is why it's not that good right now. And then there are also the other strategy to win a game for a lot of decks, like the tempo based and control decks, is to play Foo Shrouded. They're just like, well, the game's gonna go long because I'm the sp- ultimate control card. Yeah, they're like, I'm gonna spin wills. So I'm going to have cards in my drop and I'm going to play this card that stops all your cards from working. That's like literally the out for decks that want to spin wheels. Um, I do not like that card. <laughs> I play it, but I do not like it. It needs to be banned because that's literally a deck that can spin wheels for a long period of time thrives off that card. So when you go to your deck building and say, am I going to be a deck that wants to go like spin wheels and just do nothing for a while and just stop my opponent from playing? Then I foo them. Am I an aggro deck? I need to put like a hot, heavy output of damage out. Or am I some type of combo deck? And what turns this combo going off? And how am I getting my pieces? Yeah, how do you get the pieces? How reliably can I get them? Because mm-hmm. there's combo decks that exist right now, like the Boo Chain. Uh, that's a really powerful combo, to be honest with you guys. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen someone like play the Boo Chain and with the Kid Boos in hand. Mm-hmm. Two Kid Boos with the boot with the Blue Boo. Uh, that's probably game. Like yeah. if they have it. But how reliably can I get two Kid Boos in my hand? Right. I just. I can't do it. And often. how often can I get interrupted? Exactly. And there's a lot of interruption now. So it's like, it's tough because none of it has to flect. Right. So then you have to identify how you're winning, how easy is it to win? And what are the chances you can get all those cards by the time the turn you identify you right. want to win? And then once you get past all that, it's okay. Now can this strategy viably keep up in this format? Yep. What and- decks are out there and what do they naturally have answers built in? And if the majority of the room has answers built into their main board, you got to scrap it. You got to scrap it. You got to scrap it every time. Uh, and that's the problem right now with the, with a lot of the rogue decks, uh, there too many answers in the format. I mean, this is this format for as wide and diverse as it is. There's so many cards you just can't play because freeze a counterplay guy stealing trunks. Like those two cards pretty much clean up. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. much. They clean up most of the old cards in this game. That's what it boils do. down to. They do. Like, I mean, you we look just at, talked about not having deflect, right? Yeah, you talk no deflect. And it's one of the strongest battle cards in the game. And People just, just forget about it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have deflect or barrier, so it just dies on the spot. You can give it barrier though, actually. Yeah, you can. But that's another combo piece you have to draw, right? And lowers your consistency, so it's it's rough. And then also, how how reasonable is it to then also get your opponent to three? Like, what else are you doing other yeah. than setting up your combo for a triple strike? Exactly, it's it's a lot. That's why you need two boos so you can take so you can get the hit through. It's a, it's a lot of work, but that's that's it right there is one of the most powerful combos in the game. It's that's a oh yeah that's a ninety k base. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know if, how- if anyone has played this game since that card came out. If you've played, you've probably lost to that card at some point in time. Yeah, you've definitely lost to that a boo. A boo into a kid boo. You had to. If you if you tell me you've never lost that, I want 
I challenge you to, to play the deck now. Let me play. <laughs> let me play. You, let me play you ten times. I guarantee I get one game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just so you you gotta be identified the way you're gonna win the game. It's very important. And then can it can it win the game across the meta? And I know a lot of newer players are not playing meta decks because they're hanging out with their homies and playing. Yeah. Sure. So you need to identify can it beat the meta you're playing in. When we say when I say the meta you're playing in, just your friends. Can can these can this strategy work against your friends' decks? If it's like you got a play group of five guys and you want to start beating them, you know what decks they run. Can this deck beat those decks? Like who cares if they're not playing Dark Broly, Mecha Freeze, Launch? Like all those decks. That's not what they're on. They're playing other decks. Well, don't worry about those decks that all the big name players are playing. Worry about the decks that are in your circle. Right. Maybe you can beat those. Yeah, one hundred percent. You'll hear people say, oh, I can't keep up in this meta. You know, that's that's true. But what meta are you actually playing in? Because at my locals, for example, it was, for a long time, people just played cards that hated my decks out of the, out of the room. Uh, <laughs> it was real bad. Sean? Was, yeah, they just play like these wild cards. I'm like, well, why is this in your deck? They're like, well, it beats you. I'm like, sure. But, you know, it doesn't work across the room, but they're like, I'm only worried about beating you. I'm like, you got it. So. If you're not playing competitively, like when I say, it's not just a if you're not playing online tournaments right now or in-person tournaments, you're just playing with the friends, build, build for, off the decks, you know, you're playing against. Right. So that way you can get the wins, you can you know, and build, build your confidence and improve on your skills. Yeah. And I think that kind of gets us to the next point. So once you understand your win con, you know, what strategy, like, you know, what strategy you're going for, you know, kind of now you have an idea of, okay, you've looked through the card pool, you've looked through leaders, you you have an idea of a deck that you want to play, at least some general strategy of, okay, this is my win con. This is the kind of deck I want to play. Uh, you have to look at then your, at least what I think of next is my curve. How am I curving out? How do my turns look and what cards do I need? Yeah, that's that's important, especially for the aggro decks. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much the control decks. They don't play on a curve. They kind of just like react to your opponent. So, you know, you take what your opponent gives you. Yeah. But like the aggro decks and the tempo based decks definitely play off of a curve. They need to be able to play cards in a certain order and can't have like, for example, three cost cards in this game are terrible. Yeah. That's a horrible number in this game Um, because one, the earliest you could play it is turn three, which is sometimes a turn ending turn. Right. So you're tapping out. Also it makes you tap out and then their power level just isn't that high these days. Like your unison three drops. Some of them are pretty good and they can prolong a game to make, so you make it to turn four, turn five, but three drop battle cards have not been good in this game for a very long time. They just haven't. It's too valuable of a turn to play three drop battle cards. Now that's going to change in battle evolutions. Cause you're going to see green play that rosy card that says discard uh, two cards and attack with triple tack. You're going to see that in that deck, but that, yeah. that deck can afford to do that. Right. Cause it played a unison on one or two and has the potential to stop themselves from dying. So it won't even matter to, for them, but I can't think of a three drop card. I want to play like it's hard. It is very, very hard to play three drop. When I played HOM Jiren, I had to play a three drop in my deck, but I can only play that H I can only play path of greatness because Jiren, I knew I would not die. Right. You can't play path of greatness in any other deck right now. Right. You just like, you may, you may tap three and die on the spot and just, yep. so but see, right there is a perfect example of deck building, right? So you said, okay, here's a strategy of Goku, Path to Greatness, going into Height of Mastery. Mm-hmm. And the format is too it's too powerful yeah. to tap out. So you said, okay, what is a leader that can get past that? Mm-hmm. Jiren is the only answer because you take a life and you can live. Yep. Exactly. And you, they, they can't kill you. That's the exact thought process, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... 
you have to play into your leader's effects when you choose the leader, or you have to play into your battle cards and choose your leader off your battle cards. You kind of choose which one you want to do right there when you're building these decks. And your leader should always complement your battle cards. There's enough battle cards and leader cards now where you can find the perfect compliments. Like if we go back a year, it was sometimes hard to find good compliments for things. But now we have a lot of variety that allows for complimenting things like Jaren compliments HOM great in this format. Uh, Din, Blue Dende leader compliment, compliments the new Janiba package very good. Uh, what's another one? That like just these yeah, compliments cards well. Oh, Shinron compliments the Catapesla chain very well right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Like the deck's not great, but the deck does it does well though, actually. Like what like it does what it wants to do very well because it draws a lot of cards and it's very cheap and effective and it can kill you on turn three, which is what Shinron wants to do right there. Right. But the negates just stop that deck that exists in the game, stop that deck from being like a real deck in the meta format. Like or it's the competitive meta. But like if you're playing with your homies they probably aren't playing these type of cards. Right. So this deck is amazing against them. Yeah. So you got to, your curve is a very important, like, are you tapping out every turn? Probably not. Um, Matthew Coombs did an article recently on a, like modern Dragon Ball and the way like your deck building should go when it comes to the cost of cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a 50 card deck. We'll use 50 as your number. You obviously you can play up to 60, but you normally, sure. 50, yeah. 50 cards you is want what you 50. want. You want 50. 52 is reasonable if your deck is filled with four ofs. Because it only takes down your chances of seeing your fours by 0.08. So that's not that big of a deal. But it does severely lower your chances of seeing the three ofs, two ofs, and the one ofs. You can pretty much count that one of as like probably not going to see it if you don't draw a lot of cards. But the cost of every card isn't going to be one, right? You're going to have one, right. two, three, fours, fives. You're going to have different cost of cards in your deck. Uh, when, he, when he broke down all the decks that were in like the competitive format, everything was under one, though. Everything literally was under one in cost. And you're probably, how is that possible? Because there's that much free play. There's in that much deck. free play, exactly. So you t- for every card that you play for free, that's a zero. And then you take a card, you play for one. That Those two cards make it 0. 0.5, right? right? So like, that's how it goes. There's just a lot of free play in the game now. Uh, I don't recommend being above one. If you're above one in your deck building, you better have a very powerful combo. Like yeah. it's what it really boils down to. Your deck's above one. It needs a combo that wins the game on the spot once you hit it. Yeah. If it's if it's not going to win the game on the spot, it, it like it just it's just cool and you know it's fun. Keep that in mind. You're playing. Don't be upset if you lose when you're going for this because it's not supposed to win the game, right? One one of the best pieces of advice I got early on when I had first I've always played card games since I was young, um, but I really wanted to get competitive. I got kind of competitive in Yu-Gi-Oh, but I didn't really know the right way to go about it. Yeah. I didn't have the right resources available to me. I was okay. I, uh, but I just didn't, I didn't have the proper resources to get that good. I was too, and too young to really understand. Yeah. Um, but when I got to the spoils is when I really wanted to get more competitive. And I remember I was on a trip and I think it was the first one that I flew out for. I flew out for a tournament and I had the opportunity to sit down with one of the game designers. Actually, Mm -hmm. we all went to IHOP when the game designers was there and we were just, talking, shooting the shit. And, um, he was like, you want to play? And I was like, uh, sure. And he was like, okay. He was like, here's, um, cause they have all these just random little sets of cards. He's like, here's enough cards. It would be like a sealed tournament. He was like, just make a deck. Yeah. And I was like, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. So I like build a deck we're playing and he mopped the floor with me, right? Mop, mm-hmm. Mops floor with me. And afterwards he said, your, your problem is that you are too focused on good cards and not focused on playable cards. Yeah. 
That's a real thing. You got you card. Any cards got to be playable. You can't get blinded by cards that are powerful mm-hmm. because you have to make sure they are reasonable to play. There's nothing worse than looking at a ten card hand and seeing two cards you can actually play. Mm-hmm. That's not wrong at all. I'll use a great great example of that. There are so many unplayable SRs in this game. Like you read an SR, you're like, dang, that's really good. And then you actually like go to play it, and it's impossible. Can't. Uh, I will use in, in set uh, set twelve right now. That dark mask king SR. Yeah. Is that yeah. card reads insane? Mm-hmm. You're like, I play this for four. It burns life. It's got triple strike. It untaps itself. You're like, this card's nuts. Yeah, that card's unplayable. Yeah. Like, uh, you can sideboard it for certain matchups that you know it will happen. Sure, but overall, it's an unplayable Awful. card. Like if you put that in your deck, you cannot expect to actually like play that card. Mm-hmm. Another one is the five drop freezer card that's in the set twelve. The yellow one. Yeah. Yellow one. It's, He's insane. It's insane. It's almost impossible. Very very play. hard to play. Like you're like gonna tap out five on turn five, yeah. <laughs> and hope it works out pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you a little bit of advice that only works against control decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the format. Not control decks. Yeah. In my Becca, I mained one and side it one. So yeah. I have one card in my deck for a better control deck, and then I can side in a second one. Mm-hmm. So but I, I know I've never, um, I is very regularly energy. Depending yeah. on the, I don't really play Mecha, I just play it for fun. So that's why I mained it mainly because I think the card's sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm playing competitively, I'm probably just siding it. Yep. Completely. It, not yep. even maining it at all. And then you have Turles SR, one drop. Awful. That, that card reads you amazing. Read you like this card's broken. We all said we all read it. We're like Turles is crazy. Yeah, because of that card. card. And that card has nothing to do with why Turles is crazy. Mm-mm. That card's a trap. It's a hundred percent trap. Like cost one. Yep, and it plays a bunch of cards for free. Yep. Uh, play it and flip over one of their life, which is also good for your deck. But it just you tap one and it just doesn't do enough. It's unplayable. Mm-mm. And this like, but that's what I'm saying. Like when we say. Make sure a card is playable, not just good. Like like reads like cards read good all the time. Like you read it, and you're like this is amazing, and then you just like put it in practice, and it's terrible. So um, I'll give you another example too that's very relevant that people were playing that I disagreed with for a while. Uh, human extinction attack. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone said human extinction attack is crazy in Vigex, right? Because everything's free. I was like, I don't know what deck you're playing. Well, I'm trying to actually play good cards. <laughs> I'm not trying to make this attack bigger that was going to go through anyways. Yep. I'm going to use this. And at the time, I'm going to use Hatchack for free, right? We're talking yeah. about zero for one. I'm going to pitch it for free because I have Bibbidi Super Combo at the time. I don't mm-hmm. care. I make anything as big as I want. My attacks, I can make any attack I want to go through. So I pitch this hatch. I'm going to flip two more from that. So you get the same benefit. You fill your drop. Didn't have to burn an energy though. And now I can use that one energy for FDC or a card that actually matters. Yep. That's the other thing, right? Like you look at a deck like Vigex. It has, there's a lot of cards you could play in Vigex, yeah. but they're actually unplayable. Right, though. but that's what I mean. You can make that argument for any card. Yep, Reboot Gohan's another great example, right? Like there's, it's green. It has a lot of good green cards that they can play. Can play Ribrian can play all those cards, but they don't play. Even though Ribrian is a very good card when you read it, yeah, but it it does not fit the strategy, and it also just isn't worth two energy. So they just don't play it. And their deck is normally filled with a bunch of cards that look unplayable when you just look at them. Like they play an Android 18 card. <laughs> they just so like, you're like, it's blue. It gains 6K by ditching another card out of your hand. Like, yeah, but this card does what this deck needs it to do, though. It pitches the extra cards in their hand when they're going for game. Yep. So it's like, you're going to see cards and be like, these cards aren't good. But then once you start playing, try them out and they are good. And just like cards, you'll be like, this is really powerful. I want to play this. It is not good. So that's just that's a common thing when you're deck building. 
is to understand what is usable in your in your strategy and what's just not a good card. Like a lot of a lot of these SRs are not are not are good cards, but they are unplayable. I yeah. will say probably about sixty to seventy percent, depending on the set of the SRs, are unplayable. Yeah. They just sure. they're for a game that we're not playing. Mm-hmm. Even though even though the same game we're using the same type of cards, it's just a game that's not being played. Uh, Yamcha at a hundred percent from set five. Right. That card is nuts. You're like, can't be, can't be blocked. <laughs> can't be countered. Can attack active mode. And it's 25 K and it's going to deal damage to your opponent. Yes. Yeah, is not going to work. It just, who's died to that card. Uh, I'm going to you of the dragon ball population. Less than 10% of people have died to that card. Cause it just does not work. No. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's funny. It, it is funny to think about because there's just so many cards that, they just are so good on paper Dipper. and so bad in application. The Goku in set eleven, the SR. Goku in set eleven. The one that SR. goes the the Xeno Evolution. Oh yeah, five. yeah, yeah. People that, were trying to play it. People were trying to play it so bad because I know it. You even told me the one time you're like, yeah. I don't know, man. People are trying to play it. I yeah. said this card is terrible. They were trying. People were forcing that card. Into they were. Their deck. I said that's got to be wrong. <laughs> and it was wrong, but they were trying. You know, so it's like one of those things where. it's, some cards read really good and they're unplayable and some cards read real bad and they are definitely playable. I feel yeah. like they're mandatory. I'll use gravy as an example. Currently gravy is a card that also reads terrible. That is uh, known for being played in every dark Broly deck now. Yep. Like you're like this hot. Why is this card good? It's not 30 K. It doesn't do any. Yeah. When you play it and it puts those cards back, it extends your plays though. Yep. So you have to play it. So you got to identify what cards are needed for your strategies. Right. And then you have to know, just to take that a step farther, you you have to know what cards that you want to play and when, mm-hmm. and then understand what that cuts your access off to. So, like for example, um, I built a Vigex list recently, and I built it more mid rangey. Uh, I think that's the way to play Vigex right now, and so it focuses on Demigra. Mm-hmm. So my idea was in certain matchups, I am going to go Demigra on two, Mastery Merge Vigex on three, and Awaken. So now I have one up. I have my deadly defender and a Demigra. That seems very powerful to me. Yes. Because now I've already ripped two cards out of your hand from Demigra. I've obviously aggressed you at, at, to some extent because I'm Vigex. That's if the deck is doing what it should do. Um, there's a potential. I also have my Goku out that makes you pitch a card to negate. Mm-hmm. So now I have this nice little board set up where I have the Goku, the Demigra, and the deadly defender. That's a 24K with one energy up for my power burst and a sparking power burst. That yep. all feels very powerful. So now I'm going to negate two attacks and then force you to probably have to combo up because I've negated the attacks with a high attack power yep. into my mastery merged. Burning your cards um, with your hand. But the discussion that came up was, why don't you also play the six and seven drop for Gex? The answer is that I can't because my turn three play is to play this mastery merged that cuts off the six and seven drop. And at that point, I no longer want to play that card. And yep. now... That's also deck space. When I'm thinking of deck building, I want to play all these other cards. That's now another six spots I have to take up in my deck. And I know I can't play both. Yep. So I, you have to kind of pick one or the other. So you have to know if I'm going to play this card, what realistically can I actually also play along with it? And if you can't, you might as well cut that space and do something else for free. Like I would rather play uh, like another overrealm. So yep. like what I did was when I cut it, I upped my overrealm count and added in two more of the SS4 Bardocks for dual attack. Because now, instead of having to pay three for two 25K attacks, I can just free play at 25K. And then put an FDC on that bad boy. Exactly. And now I only have a one energy investment. 
Also, that's the other thing. Uh, when you go to build your deck, FDC is probably the first car you should pull out of all your cards. <laughs> that car is like just in every deck as a one of at mm -hmm. least. It's also how you just make sure you have a path to victory against Red Broly and Reboot Gohan and Majin Vegeta. Yep, you're just like, I need a way to just beat these decks. Yeah. All right, FDC it is. Yeah. So you're like, you're like, let me grab my FDC because there's no th there's no thought to it. It actually should be the first card you pull out. And four super combos. Yeah, but that, there's thought to that one, right? Because sure, there's, there's, there's options. There's nothing. But you know that you have four. Let me rephrase. Four spaces uh, yeah, are going to super, super combos. Combo. But there's one spot where you just automatically know what card it is. You're like, it's just FDC. <laughs> yeah. So. Very true. Very true. Uh, all right. So where do we go from here now? Um, My next step is uh, to play test the deck then. And when I play test. Well, hold on. Let's let's pull back before we get to that. Okay. Um, I think the next thing you also have to think about is proper ratios. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I say I, we did not cut ratios. Uh, four ofs in your deck are cards you need to see whether they're combo pieces that like you have to have or they are just like the best cards in your deck that you just you need to see them to win the game right? when i start i like to put all the cards that i know i'm building around at four always that way i know i'll see them when i play test and then i cut back on them i do that sometimes um it depends on the deck if i've played the deck before a lot of times i won't do it but if it's a brand yeah. new, if it's a brand new deck to me brand new idea i will start with four on everything because well, yeah like you i'll let you share like what you did with dark broly yeah, I literally put like four four heartfelt pleas. I put everything. Yeah. I put all the cards I needed to see for that combo to see if I could beat it when I'm right. playing against it. I, I need I need when in my places I need to I need them to have heartfelt plea combo every turn they went for it. Like I needed it to be there. I didn't everyone say, oh well, when I'm testing they didn't have it, so I won that game. That's not real. That's not that's not proper testing. You want to test against the best case scenario. Yes. So that way, when they don't have the best case scenario, you're just a million miles ahead of them. Like whenever my opponent like does something that's not the best case scenario, I feel like I've won the game because I've already prepared for the best case scenario. So I had maxed out on everything in Dark Broly. That is not how I would build a Dark Broly. No, but it's not how you'd build it. But it's there. I think there's something to say that at least if you want to do a quick play test run. Oh, yeah. And say, like, is this something I want to actually put time into figuring out right ratios, figuring yeah. out tech cards, figuring out play testing. That's kind of a cool way to not waste your time. Absolutely. For you, you can four of everything at that point when you are doing that, you know, yeah. FDC, and just see if you like it. Yeah. Your FDC is at one, your SCR is at one and then 48 cards are the four are the cards you just yeah. need to see. And that normally will get you to the point where you understand how a deck works. You understand how powerful something is. And then that's when you start moving cards around for the tech exactly. choices. Exactly. Uh, four, but four of is my, I have to see this card. Three of is this card is good, but it's not mandatory. Two of is this is normally a tech, actual tech card. And one of's, I do not like to play too often in my main board. I will side them though. But uh, in my main, I rarely play one of's unless it's a card that has a high energy cost or. Or it can be searched. Can be searched. Like if it's a card that's searchable by like four cards in my deck, well, that means this is the fifth copy of the card then. So I don't, it doesn't matter. If it's a card that costs five or six, which we just said, talk about card costs, right? We're talking, I'm, you're generally talking about a foo at this point, like mysterious. That's a one of. Yes, you need to see it to win the game in a lot of these blue decks, but it's a one of because you draw enough cards by turn six to see the card. Right. Like in my baby deck, I play two Golden Avengers because I need it at the minimum turn five. I'll see it by turn five. Right. At maximum, I might need it turn eight, turn nine. So it's just like you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll have the card. Yeah. So as I think, to simplify it more, it's understanding what turn you need to see cards. Yes, that's a, that's a big deal. What turn you need to see cards. And even in like, for example, uh, a card that you need to see on turn four is a boonie normally. You still want to play a high number of boonie normally in your boonie decks just because it's the best card in your deck. Right. So like 
it's either what turn you need to see it or just how valuable it is to the deck. Like yep. to a point where like that card is just the best blue card ever printed so far. So you need to have it or blue, blue battle card to say best blue battle card ever printed. So, yeah, I agree. Now, when you, when you side deck, do you build your side deck at the start? Like, do you build it with the deck before you start yes. playtesting? I build I my sideboard and my deck at the same time. Whenever I'm preparing for real events. Uh, if I'm just shooting the shit with the homies, I don't worry about sideboard. I just do it later. But like, for example, the baby deck I built now, the sideboard was built at the exact same time. Like, and I say exact same time, I actually took 65 cards and put them together and I started pulling cards out as in like, as I was going through it, but this is, that's more advanced things. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that as a starting player. Cause like you might get caught up on certain things like, Oh, this, I need this in this matchup and you might overvalue something. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, actually my baby deck was at 92 cards. Actually, when I started, uh, it was at 92, <laughs> which obviously is not a real deck number. Uh, you, the most you could ever have is 75, but I started like, I started 92 cards. I was like, I want to play these cards. And as I was going through, I was taking cards out, put them to the side. I had like three different piles. I had main deck, side deck, and I want to play this, but do I need it? I do the side, do the same exact thing. <laughs> and um, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm comfortable with this. And I had to cut some cards. I actually really love playing in baby. Uh, but the deck has been great though. And normally you see, that's where you see your most success when you build your main and side together, because you have very important note about sideboarding. You're, when you side something in your deck, you have to be able to take something out your deck. You can't have nine sideboard cards for a matchup, but not don't have actually nine cards in your deck to take out. Like that's very important. I normally build my deck with the number of five to six cards for signing out purposes and matchups and five to six cards in the sideboard to come in for the matchup. Um, in some matchups, I don't need five or six. I need less, but I normally have five to six spots where I'm like, these cards yeah. are just movable. I think that's so important too. And it's understanding where your flex spots are yeah. and knowing how many you have recommendation uh write it on a piece of paper yeah uh literally get a piece of paper fold it up uh, put it in your deck box oh man there's nothing worse than being in the heat of the moment and you're trying to figure out what cards to side out and you, you, you like can't think straight you're like trying to go through mm-hmm. it and then you're like going back and forth like i don't know this card could be good and, yeah oh man so you have to you need to sideboard when you're practicing at home and write it down on paper what cards come in what cards go out in each matchup I know that probably seems like man, it's I learned that from playing Magic the Gathering. It's like, Magic Gathering, note taking, all that stuff is like recommended. Yeah, can't so, do it in Dragon Ball. Can't do it in Dragon Ball, but this that'll make you learn though. Yeah, like you literally will learn. Just study your paper, right? Like mm-hmm. I, when I say study, I don't mean like spend hours studying, but like when you sit down just and play, it. you should know it. You should know it. Like once you make that paper, and you know you've gone through your deck, you've played a couple times with the homies at the house, you've read over that paper enough times to know. So when the when the tournament time comes, you're good to go. Yeah, it, it helps a lot. I mean. It is the key to everything. You'll hear so many people say, I lost because I sided this card out on accident or mm-hmm. I didn't side, I didn't side the right cards in. Yeah. That happens so often to people. And a lot of times too, guys, when you're playing and I guess we're getting a little off topic, but when you play in the discord, even I strongly recommend that most people are not siding. I strongly recommend practicing siding. Yeah. It's very when you important. play best threes in the discord, when you're in the training chambers, side side yeah you have to side if you're uh not siding and you're practicing it's not real it's not real like you're like oh, i clap this deck up yes. what happens when they side the answer is that you can't beat exactly and you're just like mm, that's a big and thing and that's when you get into the next level of like siding for the side mm-hmm. that your opponent's going to side I, I i right now have a tech in my baby sideboard i side two jaren uh survival of the fittest right mm-hmm. now and one android 17 that's only for for the blue matchups that i know play android 17 so that way when they play Android 17, I just have the hard counter to it and they lose. Yeah. Like that's 
guaranteed two dedicated spots in my sideboard for that, but I just know it automatically when it's a game, so I'm going to play it. Right. I'm not recommending you guys play a card, but that's just something that my deck needs to do because I know that they can always get to 17 against me. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes your sideboard has to consist of cards that just blow out a deck that you just have a, I almost say hard time, that that you have a hard time stopping them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Because like blue against blue, it's normally blue just does what, they just do whatever they want to do. And whoever draws better wins, to be honest. Right. Well, I'm eliminating that whoever draws better part. Yep. So just. Uh, another another example is, um, I use this example too, too much. <laughs> Tricolor Ginyu. Yeah. Um, deck building, right? Mm-hmm. You have to think, I had to think, how am I getting over the mirror? And a lot of people are siding for it, but I knew that the room was going to be very popular tricolor. So originally I was siding objection because when I could go an energy up on my tricolor opponent, it put me way too far ahead of them. Yeah. I could play way too many good cards that they had, didn't have access to. The problem was the neg wasn't good against a lot of other decks. Cause I didn't want to neg from hand mm-hmm. like that, but it was so good. I just mained it. <laughs> and I was just, I clapped all of them. Like at mirror, I was clapping mirror matches left and right. And then when it wasn't good, I just cited that out, but I knew what cards I took out from my main for that. Mm -hmm. So I would just swap them back in usually and knowing, okay, for this matchup, I side in these cards. It's important to understand, have an exact number. Yep. So I know that these cards come out, these cards go in because sometimes you'll see people like, yeah, I threw this on my sideboard for this matchup but they have no idea how many cards they can even actually side out. Yeah, they have no idea. Like, how What happens if you have a bad matchup and you're like, yeah, I side all these cards. So I'm like, that's like eight cards, bro. How are you taking eight cards out of your deck? Like what is your deck consistent that would allow you to put eight cards in your deck? It's, right. It's hard. I mean, it's very, very hard. So you either have a super teched out deck with a lot of different tech choices in it, trying to cover a wide format and you're like narrowing down, but then you also have eight cards in your sideboard. Some of the cards probably should just be in your main board at that point. Correct. It's sideboarding is, is the hardest part of deck building for even like experienced players picking the right cards that come. It's only, that ha- only 15. <laughs> it's only 15. You need a correct spread across the format or sometimes you just forego a match. You say, I guess I just can't win that matchup. So it's whatever. Right. Like with baby, I side nothing for invoker. I mean, I'll bring in my Mechie Kabors just cause I can, but I don't, I don't have anything for them. I don't care. Like you're going to win the matchup. Like, sure. Yeah. You got it. I, I just don't care. Cause to side cards, I would need to side like five or six cards. And that's such an obscure deck that no other deck plays. And it takes like, so many other matchups down exactly. that you can bring up. That's the exact point. Like, I just, I don't want to sacrifice things I could be doing to launch King Piccolo, Turles, any of these other decks, just so I can play, still have an answer for, answers for, to make my worst matchup winnable. No, I just let my worst matchup be my worst matchup and hope they play poorly. The yeah. same thing when I, like, I built my Invoker deck. I do not care that Red Broly is going to beat me the majority of the time. It doesn't matter. You're like, if I, you hear people who are very good that say, oh, you have a 5% chance of winning if you play these cards. 5% is not a very good chance of winning. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that I, means my opponent has a 95% chance, chance of winning. winning. All right. So why am I even siding for the matchup then? Right. Like, there's no reason to side for the matchup. I, what's the best? If I side 10 cards in, I can get to around 10, 15%. That's terrible. I've lowered my chances against every other deck now once it comes to sideboarding. So my strategy is to forego that worst matchup. Like, I just say, mm, whatever. Like, and some people might think that's wrong, but this is a strategy that I've used in every card game I've played, to be honest. All and of you've them. been very successful. I've been very successful in card games for a long time. It's just when something's your worst matchup, like feels like unwinnable, you just don't side for it. You just take the L. I agree. Unless your worst matchup is the most popular deck in the room, then you probably shouldn't be playing your deck then. Yeah. So that's also the other part of that. It's understanding deck selection. Can you play a deck that's just bad against the best deck in the room or the most played deck. 
the answer is no. I'm going to tell you now. Uh, if you just can't beat the most popular deck, you shouldn't play your deck. Like, you just, there's, there's no way. Like, you just, I just can't beat it. Now, if you can't beat one of the top tier decks, that's okay. But the most right. popular deck, nah. Like, right now, it's hard to pick one deck that is most popular. Yeah, because we are all these smaller tournaments. Uh, but, I mean, right now, it's safe to assume the most popular deck in a highly competitive room is Dark Broly. Mm-hmm. Slash launch. It's one right. of those two. Uh, and then under that's probably Mecha Red then Broly. Mecha, Mecha Red Broly. But see, Red Broly is a deck where people are getting off because just can't beat this new wave of decks people are right. playing. So it's like right. it's being replaced by King Piccolo and launch. It's like those, a lot of Red Broly players are switching to one of those two decks. Yeah. But so when you're in your friend groups playing as a new player, you know, you're getting your friends playing. Can this deck beat the best deck out of all my friends? If no, you don't want to play that deck. So. Yeah, I agree. All right, so you've got your 65. Mm-hmm. You, you've gone through this whole thought process. So you've gone through, okay, you've looked at the format. You say, okay, this is a strategy I, I like and I want to go with, whether it's aggro, control, mid-range, combo deck, whatever it is. Uh, you, you've figured out what kind of packages you want to play, what your win con is. You've looked at how your deck curves out or at least the proper ratios if it's a control deck. Um You've looked at proper ratios then for everything else in the deck, looked at what you want to see all the time. You got your four ofs, three ofs, so forth and so on. You've got your FTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I have it. Uh, you've, you've built your side deck. You know what cards you're going to swap. What is the next step that you take? Uh, Playtesting for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I will say you you should play test, shuffle your hands up randomly, right? But whatever you're playing against, make them have their best hand. Yeah. Uh, do not play it as I'm playing a game playtesting. Play, it's not that's not going to help you with your deck building. Uh, you want to actually just give them their best hand and you want to like play out from playing against their best hand. If your deck can keep up with the best hand of the decks you're playing against, it's fine because they're not going to have the best hand all the time. So, and I know it's a lot, that's hard for a lot of people when it comes to play because people play test with their friends or they're, and they want to win. They want to win. That's not play testing. Play testing is not about winning. Play testing is about making sure your deck works correctly. Mm-hmm. Like I tell people all the time, uh, I'm on the record. I rather lose when I'm playing at locals or with my friends, then win. Actually, I really right. just lose because that way I can fix my deck. You learn. I learn something. And I fix my deck versus saying, "Oh, I won. I got all these prizes. Who cares?" I mean, that's, that's that just doesn't matter for unless that's well, it does matter, but like it doesn't matter when you're trying to build a deck. Now, once you've played an established deck that you already know, sure. Like if I was playing Dark Broly right now, yeah, I want to win. I'm clearly playing this deck because I want to win the prizes. But I'm like this this yellow pan deck. I'm trying to play. The games I play up until Saturday, I don't care if I win. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, it will be cool for my deck to win, but I don't care. I want to make sure I iron out all the wrinkles. That way I can play it on Saturday and feel confident in what I'm playing. Yeah. The W does not matter when you're playtesting. I'm telling you, so you want to give your opponents the best hands when you're playtesting for your deck building purposes. Now, if you're just playing with your friends, like get together, play, obviously don't give them the best hands, just shuffle up play. But we're sure. talking about for your deck building purposes. Right. And then like when you goldfish, I don't know how hard this is for okay, me. That's, that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Never for me has this been hard. When I goldfish, uh, I imagine what the other decks do on their, on their sequencing against me is. You, well, explain I, what goldfishing is. Goldfishing is where you shuffle your deck up and you draw your opening hand. You just pretty much do all the opening turn like maneuvers, right? Of like open, open your hand, mulligan, do your, draw again, do your, gold, do your life. And you just draw your, draw your step. You play out the first two turns on your turn just to see how it plays the first couple turns. Uh, you shouldn't be playing like turn three. We could play up to turn three, I guess, but you shouldn't be playing turn four because so many different things could just happen. Turn four, turn. You don't know what you're going to combo. You don't know. You don't know a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But when I'm going fishing, I normally know my opponent's first two turns. Like, I mean, I, I, I normally know what most decks do all the way through a game. But, like, you need to know what they're doing the first two turns when you're gold fishing. So, let's say I'm gold fishing. I'm like, all right, what, what would I do with this hand against Red Broly? I'm gold fishing to see what I would do against Red Broly. I need to know what they're doing turn one, turn two. So, if you don't know, it's time for you to go watch a YouTube video of someone playing the deck and just playing against their turn one, turn two. Right. Uh, I don't do as much in Dragon Ball because I just play Dragon Ball enough to know what all the decks do. But I used to do it in Magic the Gathering all the time. I would literally watch the opens, the Star City opens. And I would play against their their turn one, turn twos. Like just with all the meta decks that they're playing, I would just play turn one, turn two to make sure my starts were correct against their deck. Because the exchange of resources changed based on the opponents and the games yeah, that are being played. That's actually really smart. I've never I've never thought of doing that. You know, I like that though. Yeah, I, I used to do it all the time. Oh, like, that's pretty I, cool. I don't have to do it. I don't do it in Dragon Ball, but I did it in Magic, did it in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because it's just, these things are, turn one, turn two in every card game is pretty scripted. Right. Like, I, you know, people could try out like it's not, but it is. Like you knew Storm on turn one was going to play Bardock and Degotin unyielding. Yeah. You knew they were going to do this. I know, I know Broly's going to go one to the th- Vampa into the one to the three. If they don't Vampa, they're going to go the one into the three regardless, though. Right. I know they're doing, I know Dark Broly's either going to play the one drop Broly or they're going to play a Toa to get the ball. The next turn, they're going to play a, a six drop. You know, these are what you know, this is what's coming. So you can just like goldfish against those first, first two turns. Very easy. The deck you can't goldfish your first two turns against, reboot Gohan. Impossible. You just, <laughs> you just don't know with them sometimes. But don't have to worry about that deck. But like the standard deck. Main we deck play, negates. Yeah, main, main deck negates. And you, and you just beat that deck normally. But it's just one of those things where like you can know turn one, turn two. The sequencing of these decks, they have to do the same thing turn one, turn two. That's card games. Some decks do have a deviation of what they do on one and two. Like Dark Broly, they could play the Toa or play the Broly, right? So it's like, oh, okay. When I goldfish against the Gex in its prime, I always thought they had Trunks Descendant. I always goldfished as if it was Trunks Descendant being played on turn one. Uh, there's no reason not to. And I also would, uh, at, like when I do my next turn, attacking the gold, I always have to act as if they defended the Descendant. Because they not Descendant, but the uh, the Vegeta that comes off the Descendant. They always defended it. So I just like, okay. Even that may not be what actually happens, but I'm preparing for that to happen. So I know what the worst case scenario is. Right. Best case scenario for me, they didn't open any of this trash and I just, I'm winning. So like if my opponent doesn't do the standard turn one, turn two play in most times I've won the game. That's just how it works. Right. So, um, so I think really at that point you goldfish play test. And then you just, at that point, if you decide you like the deck for me, it's just adjusting. Yeah. You just adjust what you need to adjust. When you adjust though your main board, make sure you're adjusting your sideboard at the same time. You cannot just change your main board and not change your sideboard. Those things play a factor together. Because if I took out a card that I sided out for matchups, now do I take this new card I put in? Right. Like I have to find out what I'm doing. And here. that all comes back to what we said before about when you build your sideboard. Mm-hmm. It's got to be built at the same time. So you the have mo- to know the moment you, you take out the moment in. you change that main board, you got to change that sideboard with it. And maybe there's no change to be made. Maybe right, it might not play. be necessary, but you have to evaluate you that. To, yeah, you have to just go reevaluate that all the time. So those are my tips and Jim's tips for it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty well rounded idea to deck building, getting you yeah. up to the to the play testing part. Um yeah. and Another, I guess the last note that I want to make about it is if you haven't listened to our episode on challenge the norm, we did that a while ago. I think it was like our fourth episode, maybe something like that. Go back and listen to it because it, it's important to deck build with an open mind and not feel that you have to play something because you feel that you have to play something. 
you might as well net deck then, right? Yeah, Why are you listening to this episode? If you already go into deck building thinking, okay, I need to play this in the deck, even the package, right? Yeah. Like it was like, uh, I'll give you an example. So it was when we were first testing the Gex and everyone, Sandy yeah. came out and said how good reluctant reinforcements everything yeah. was. And everyone was like, oh yeah, that's crazy. And we both said, that sucks. Yeah. We both said it sucked. We both said it sucked. And I don't think we were wrong. No. Jim I actually th- topped webcam without it. I topped webcam without it. Did you top two without it? Yeah. Yeah. So Jim <laughs> topped two without it. So I you mean- did not need it at the time because you had Bibbity Super Combo. It was an unnecessary risk to warp to life. And the way I thought of it was it was a win more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get burning is is cool. Like, yeah. yeah, sure. I said, but I've got a super combo in FDC that says burn two any fucking time I want. Correct. And so literally anytime you want. Actually. Literally anytime I want, I can burn two. And then I also just play this mirror because why not? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, my whole deck goes as t- like the tallest that any deck has gone in Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Every, any card can go that tall. Yeah, you put it, you can put it on the Kai. You're like, right, the, Kai. On the Kai. But that was something where I would say that was not the norm. No. Right. So we challenged that norm and said, okay, we found a, a you know, a fallacy in this thought mm-hmm. process and here's our idea to fix it. So our idea was to get more value out of the skillless cards yep. and be able to grab the ball to build my hand size up bigger. Mm-hmm. So that way I didn't have to waste these bibbities on the defense. That's true. Um, so just something to think about when you're building decks, don't go in with the idea of, I have to play this. I have to play, even if it's a package that seems like no matter what there's you play a, it. There's a, that's what happened with Mecca recently, actually going into set 11, set 12's release. Actually, mm-hmm. everybody swore you had to play that slug package in the yep. deck. Uh, the slug package release of Mecca did far worse than the non-slug package version. Yep, and but play all the Saiyans. They play all the Saiyan cards instead. But everybody swore you had to play the slug stuff. They didn't take into account that final flash, the deck that you played it for played the answer to the deck naturally in the deck. So right. it was very bad. So you always had to challenge Nor. I love challenging Nor. The only norm you can't challenge is FDC in your deck. That's not. I <laughs> say super like, combos. Yeah, super combos. Like you can challenge it, but uh, do I have to play FDC? I'm going to tell you now, yes, uh, you have to play it. Like the reason why you have to play it. I have not built a deck in a long time without at least an FDC somewhere. I say I, I side it sometimes because there are matches where it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't I'm matter, like, yeah. The deck, especially I've the decks I play, but you always have to have it because it just is such a good card, and you're at a disadvantage playing against people who do have the card in their deck. Yep. It's one of those things yep. where it's like, I have to play because everybody else plays it, so I need this looming threat that exists because your opponents are playing it too, like as if FDC is in your hand. They have to, like, that's just a thought at that point. That's how yeah. the game's played. So to not have it, and as soon as they realize you do not play FDC, oh my God, you're in, you're in trouble. Like yep. if your opponent can if your opponent can peep that you do not play FDC, you're in for a bad time because now they know that there's not being threatened from two to one on every attack. I mean from two to zero on every attack. Yeah. Which Correct. which is a huge deal in this game. Yeah. Because <laughs> your last life is irrelevant. I know. I was talking to someone, God, I can't remember who I can't I don't remember what deck it was. Um, but it was very recently. I, they were like, what should I do with my deck? I was like, you add FDC. And he was like, but there's so many double strikes. I said, correct. But you have a leader card and a unison card and you have a battle card that doesn't double strike. Mm-hmm. Play FDC. You just play FDC. I like, want to threaten you with any attack. Any attack. That's like even launch plays FDC. Yeah. Like, And that deck is filled with double strike. Yeah. Like, it's actually every attacking card is a double strike. I want to make sure I can kill you with anything. And honestly, one of the strongest things you can do in this game. FDC on unison. FDC on leader. There's, yeah. st- there's still answers to FDC on unison. FDC on either one of those cards though is yeah, insane. Yeah, insane, right? So I'm like, I, I, I need it. Yeah, you, <laughs> I need you gotta it. have. I have, I have two in my baby deck right now. Yeah, like it's just like the card is just that good. Yeah. Um, 
I, if you, if you follow me on uh, things I say on Dragon Ball's country, I say you need to ban this card all the time. It has ruined the concept of life. Why? <laughs> like, you're just like, uh, <laughs> if I go to two, I, I can't I have to negate every attack at two. Or I have to, like, you, you can't even say, I mean, you have to negate at two. You can't even, like, say, yeah, I let it through unless you have a bunch of super combos in your hand. Without a bunch of super combos in your hand, you're probably dead. Your opponent's like, all right, I got two, three super combos, FDC. You're, I'm, I'm going for game. Yeah. They're like, combo up to 115, double strike. You're like, sure, man. That's yeah. the ball game. So. But uh, that, that was that was the only note I wanted to make about yeah. challenging the norm. And that my only note is uh, don't challenge the FDC norm. <laughs> <laughs> that one's got that one that one stays. It's just it's just a rule of the game, so they ban it. Well, well, hopefully you guys enjoy that. Hopefully that helps. And this is something that a lot of people have requested. Yeah. And uh, this, this is a pretty meaty meaty episode. That was almost an hour of main topic. Yeah. So, pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's get into results of training. Results of training. All right. Uh, so results of training. I've been testing Invoker still. I do like the deck. I like it more than I thought I would. Uh, now that I've put the time into it, I am on record saying I hate Invoker. He is. I mean, uh, I'm on record saying I hate it too. Also, I. It's definitely not a deck that I will play long term. It's, it's. I don't find it as fun as other decks, but it's kind of just funny. So many people play into invoker cards yeah it really highlights how it highlights player skill yeah they just don't understand what's going on and they're just like yeah i'll take this card combo into your like combination attack they're like oh yeah that's card (laughs) yeah like or like they'll attack with something you just double cooler them if you're playing that version like yeah it's just a lot that people just play into it and they just aren't playing around cards they're too busy focused on what they want to do and not focus on what their opponent can do to them yeah so so at this point i think i'm probably set on playing invoker uh i'm gonna I'm going to test this weekend again. If it goes really badly, maybe I'll change my mind. If I do change my mind, I decided I'm playing a control deck because I never play control decks. I'll try to bust out that baby. I have baby sleeved up. <laughs> I'm to bust out the baby. So if I go against Invoker, I will be playing baby, probably just stealing Mike's list. And uh, that's right. Cause I'm going to win Miami playing baby actually. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> Don't quote me on that one. I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna top Miami. You can quote me on that one. But I am, I am trying to speak it into existence, trying to manifest that I win. So no, I can feel it. I can feel it. You've had a big win just waiting for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think this, I think this is my play. I'm gonna play Baby Miami. So I've been playing Baby, uh, working on that that list. I, I like where I'm at right now, actually, with the deck a lot. Um, I don't see myself changing anything unless something secret comes out of nowhere. Like I, I discover something new some new deck or something like that and i'm like all right, i gotta prepare for that but i am actually been, been building decks though i built vigex uh actually same time oh, actually built yeah it. i actually mentioned that i did too yeah, yeah we built it at the same time both unknowingly I mean, unknowingly didn't talk about it at all no and then he was like hey i built vigex i was like uh me too mm-hmm. <laughs> and then last night i uh was trying to figure out what i was playing this saturday's webcam because i just like playing card games so i have to play uh i decided i was gonna play yellow pan i have not tested it but I've had other people play the list for me right now. And they're like, this deck slaps. So I'm trying to play the set eight yellow panning Sun Goku leader. Um, we're going to build it actually before I get up out of here today. And I'm going to start playing games on discord with it. But I feel like it is potentially one of the better forms of aggro in, in the format. I don't know how good it actually is, but I <laughs> feel like if you're talking about killing somebody as fast as possible, 
that deck is what I'm looking at right now. Like I, Here's some deck building at its finest yeah, using yeah, yeah. all the tips we just talked about. Yep, I say I literally built this deck in front of everybody in the discord who was like in the room. It was probably like six, seven people watching, I would say. And I was like, and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm building the fire. Like, <laughs> and uh, the deck is just, it's just aggro, uh, like traditional aggro, actually, with some free play in it. And uh, a lot of like combo power. And hope I gotta land four attacks. Hope hope I can get four attacks through on the nine different battle cards, including leader that I've played by turn two. You know, so hope hoping to get there. I mean, that strategy worked for Green Broly for quite some time, right? It was I have eight attacks by turn two, and you're normally at two. And yeah, and what most of it wasn't double strike. Well, all mine's a double strike here. So yeah. and some of it's crit. So I was like, I might be able to get in there. So that's the plan. Uh, I'm gonna play that this weekend. I'm gonna test it the rest of the week. Uh, in my testing though, with baby, and also just from watching, cause I've been doing a lot of untapped lurking, like a whole lot of untapped lurking. Uh, using my burner accounts and stuff. Also, uh, I do not think that the launch deck is as good as everybody says it is. I'm like, it really just does one thing. It's as long like, as you can shut that thing down. Uh, it's like it's like play Piccolo Jr. All right, this is the game. Everything else, like the rival cards and all that, they're cool. But uh, it's something that the way I, I feels like something that a lot of other decks can do. Yeah, a lot. Also, a rival hasn't been good since it's been out for a right. Like those red green rival cards, they haven't been good. So why are they good now? They're not. They're just cards you're using as a means to help you with Piccolo assist Piccolo Jr. If you can control the Piccolo Jr., I think the deck is terrible. And I'm like, well, Dark Broly's in the format, right? That deck just kills Piccolo Jr. every time you play one. So I I don't think Red Green launches is the move. The Tricolor Ritzy version, I've watched other people not known as Ritzy play it, and it looks awful. I've watched him play it, and it looks good. So I don't know if that's uh, their list is wrong, or he's just that good with the deck. I don't, I don't know which one it is. Right. But that deck looks like a... Like, a giant clunky machine. It's just like, <laughs> I like, Oh my God. It's like at least, at least in the deck, there was at least like 14, one plus 10 K's. I like, that's a lot. One plus 10 K's. I understand beers untaps. You got beans. You have eight untapped. I get it. But I'm like, this can just draw real poorly. I'm yeah. So I, I think launch is a little overrated to be honest. And I also think since Shenron is better than people are giving it credit for right now, actually through all the stuff I've been watching, like, all right. So here's the question. Um, I had a heated debate about this. Do you think that the version that focuses all on being aggressive as possible is better? Or do you think the version that focuses more on the nine drop is better? I think the version that focuses on using the nine drop is better. Like the deck that plays rage and all that is not very good. I agree. Like Thank you. now if you're playing, like you're like, I still could play sales in on turn two. Sure. You just play Omega and Nuova, right? That's like, right. Or, or you play Omega and anything. That's just how it works. Right. That's yeah. the deck. Sure. I understand that. Uh, so you can play some of them too. But if you're like playing Rage, Rage Ball is not very good. I'm like, what are y'all doing out here? Yeah, I don't know. The the aggro versions and being aggressive, I, I feel like you are missing out on the most powerful thing the deck does. Yeah, you're, the blanket effect, the field is way too good. Now, I do think the aggro version is better against Dark Broly though. Sure. Like, because obviously that sin just sucks yeah. against Dark Broly, right? Yeah. It's just useless. But across the format, you really need that nine drop sin. Like, mm. you just, you got to have it. Yeah. Uh, there's no way you were ever going to beat Red Broly. Even though I don't think you can even beat Red Broly now, unless they draw poorly, obviously. But like you're probably not beating Red Broly now, just because that Piccolo Junior Unison is broken. Right. So, 
but it's a lot better than people get credit for. Like I'm like the nine drop is still very powerful. The Omega Shinron, the TP and the inset one, yeah, both, both very good cards. Uh, Oceanus way nuttier than everybody thought it was. Yep. Like when you give the eight drop Omega, it's effect and you just start blowing up their board. I like, damn, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's definitely a deck that should do well, all format. But then again, I've been saying since broken because I had three sets in a row of, of support. So I was like, I, I thought it was going to be better, but like after Miami, I was like, this deck's not that good. But now after watching people play the deck and like a lot of the sequencing they're doing, I'm like, this deck's pretty good. It does struggle though with the concept of a, not having the nine drop on two. So, yeah. but yeah. you just play four of it, right? Hope you get there. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's start wrapping up. Let's get into mailbag. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's delivery service. Monaka's delivery service. Before we get in, just a couple shout outs again, make sure that you check out our new sponsor, DBS Deck Planets. Um, also, Apex Decks is still a thing. Make sure that you follow all of his new updates on the client that he's building. That's going to be awesome to have, hopefully, a better untap to play on. And then uh, lastly, make sure that you follow Hey It's Leon on Twitch. Uh, he will actually, hopefully, be helping out and streaming some of the tournament matches. Absolutely. Um, all right. So mailbag. Uh, let's see. As I'm pulling it up, I guess last thing to remember uh, time is running out to get your hermit style play mats. Oh yeah. Make sure that you message Tommy Pizarro of bad beats so you can order your play mat. We have a channel in the discord. It's under the hermit style category. It's called play mat pre-orders. You can see both of the images and uh, you can pick which one you would like. You can also, if you would like, uh, ask Tommy about getting a cloth one, a one player cloth mat. There are no two player options available at this time, uh, but you can get rubber or cloth and you can pick your favorite, either Jimmy or Mike. And again, the loser has to buy the winner Chipotle for a month. So I'm trying to win. Help me out, guys. <laughs> uh, make sure you make sure you get in on that. And uh, if you have not jumped in on the giveaway to win one, you still can. It goes through the whole month of February. This is our least Probably our least entered giveaway. So you have a very good chance of winning if you jump in now. All you have to do, join the Bad Beats Discord and subscribe to them on YouTube and just post a screenshot in the channel that says February giveaway in our Discord. You do also get an additional entry for commenting on the YouTube video and posting a screenshot. That's my bad. I haven't put up the YouTube video yet. It will be up this week, Mm -hmm. I promise. Um, So when you see it, you'll have a chance if you're on it quick to get another giveaway. Um. All right. You say you want to do a question? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said, uh, "Nuck and Foo said now that Ben has revived a Dragon Ball and Digimon card game, is there any IPs you would want them to either revive or take on to make it to a TCG?" Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I think that Bandai should just focus on Dragon Ball. <laughs> uh, drop Digimon. Um, and no, I've played Digimon. I had a deck. I actually had some cards. I sold them all. Um. I don't, I don't think it's even a concern for Dragon Ball. Like It's like, oh, it's going to take their players. No, I just think that they, they're bringing on extra stress to a very small team that handles all of it. So I think they should focus on the one that's done well for them because this is probably their best running game so far. Like, I know people, there are voices who say that the game is not as good as the Naruto game they used to have. That Naruto game is pretty cool, though. I'm not going to lie, I'm a huge Naruto fan. Um, and they could bring back that Naruto game and combine it with dragon ball super card game actually they just like we just have to rebrand but just you know make them playable together card games have done that in the past actually that's not an unheard of thing saying that these cards are legally play with these cards just give the cards the same mechanics right it's that simple 
Like it just said that you could play these cards versus these cards or together. Very, very simple thing. I, I would be okay with that, but I don't think they should be expanding outside of the Dragon Ball card game because it's just strain on resources, strain mentally on the people who are handling it. And why would you risk blowing up the game that's uh, done you so well so far? True. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have much to add. I don't, it doesn't really affect me at all. Cause at this point I'm, I'm tapped on, on Dragon Ball. I'm not going to yeah, get I'm in not, any other card. Games I wouldn't get into another card. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting, I'm playing Digimon with my friends. Sure. I have like, I bought two starter decks of Digimon and I've yet to play it, but I wouldn't play another card game. There's, no, there's no. no way. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I spent a lot of money on Dragon Ball and I'm not trying to spend that money on anything else at this point. I feel that. Um, C dunk said when building a deck, which category do you all usually fall under? I thought this was a good follow-up question for what we talked about today. Uh, a net deck with minor tweaks. B look at different versions of a deck to get ideas and put it together based on videos, tournament versions online and C build completely from scratch. Little to no outside help. My answer is you have to do all three. If you are not doing all three, you are doing yourself a disservice. If you are not net decking and looking at what top players are playing, you'll be completely unprepared. If you are not looking at different versions of a deck to get ideas, then you're only hindering yourself. Mm -hmm. If you think that you're the only one that has great ideas on a deck that is arrogant, ignorant, and stupid. That's true. And if you are not building completely from scratch, you're only limiting your own skills because you're not thinking enough about how to play a deck and you will never get those innovative ideas that will make you think differently or how to increase the power of a deck. Yeah, you, you have to look at the net the the net decks. Uh I mean, those are the best players normally in the game playing these decks. Like they're not bad deck builders, they're not bad pilots. They know what they're doing. Like there's no way I look at a deck list from Joey Paladino, Jordan Markle, anybody like that and say, mm, this is bad. No. If I, I I need to look at that. They did well with the deck. So obviously what they're doing was successful. And it might the changes I made to it might not even necessarily I might not think they're better. I just might think it's another avenue I could take. Um, a lot of times things are very are not black and white. They're actually gray. I hate that people try to talk like things are black and white all the time, especially with this card game. It's not. A lot of it's gray. But you definitely should be looking at other people's decks. Now, sometimes for like this yellow pan deck that I just built, I looked at nobody else's deck because there isn't another deck that exists. It's never topped anything. And anybody who's tried playing the deck, I'm not going to say they're bad or anything like that. I don't want to insult anyone but they haven't done well with it. So why would I want to look at their list and say, this is what I want to go. But if you're talking about building a deck that's done well, you need to look at the versions that have done well because they're doing well for a reason. Uh, and building from complete scratch, nobody builds from complete scratch, to be honest with you. There's no way. You had some form of outside source. Yeah. Like you could look at the cards and say, okay, I'm going to put this together. And I guarantee you that you did not do it right because you had to play older cards in these right. decks. So you've been influenced somehow. Yeah, you've been influenced somehow. You're not completely from scratch. Now, if the only way to build from completely from scratch is if you have literally never talked to another person about Dragon Ball. Exactly. And so. you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> you've been influenced. You've been I'm influenced. Sorry. There's some there's some way you've been influenced. Like completely from scratch, no, but you can build something from the ground up though. Sure. Like there's just the foundation isn't there. So you're like you had to take it for what it you had to build it, but completely from scratch is wrong. You had some outside influence. All right, guys. Well, that is it. We're going to wrap up. So I'm not late to work, <laughs> Yep. Uh, but definitely join the discord and look out for the details of the tournament. And let me know when those regionals pop ups. Oh, and also no longer. We have the Miami theme song. It's gone. We're back it's to the gone. classic. Back to the classic. So here we go. Later, guys. Yeah, I got the real